0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. The Morning Spiel is on 1033 WKMZ.
1: As always, every Tuesday, we're joined on the line by the host of the Mic Drop Podcast and managing editor of West Virginia Sports Now, WV Sports Now, I think is more accurate. Uh, Mike Ostie is on the line. Mike, what's going on, man? How are you this morning?
0: I'm doing well. I'm Feeding my daughter breakfast, and you can't see me because this is radio. But dancing along your intro music.
1: Well, it's funny. I am I
0: us pick up the steam here. In it, the morning.
1: It is very, very dancing music. I know. Uh, I
0: know it is. It's almost like you can't help
1: it. Yeah, and I, what's funny too? I was gonna, I was gonna ask if you were on on double duty this morning because uh, folks who uh-huh. who have not listened to the show before, Mike is often uh, half parenting and and half half on this show.
0: Yeah, multimedia journalist slash girl dad. Is my title right now. <laughs>
1: Uh, so, I guess let's start. Let's start with with yesterday because uh, there's there's a lot to go over. I have about a million different topics. I'm going to try to hit with you uh, over the course of the next 15 to 20 minutes. But let's start with let's start with yesterday. Let's start with the presser. Let's start with uh, with where everybody was kind of at on Monday.
0: Yeah. So obviously, as you would imagine, the vibes are good. Everybody kind of is in a mood of happy. Not satisfied, though, but happy that they are proving critics wrong. And I think that's what this team believes they were going to do and is doing right now. A lot of talk from Zach Frazier in particular, obviously the veteran who's going to be an NFL player next year, saying that he was well aware of being picked 14th. He knows that he was getting preseason accolades and everybody who said the team would be last always said, but Zach Frazier's really good. He didn't like any of that. He said, you're telling me I'm good, but I'm on the last place team. I don't like it. So he's been fueled by that. And he admitted that, that this team, a lot of times you hear from athletes, whether this is true or not, they say, oh, they're tuning out the noise. Oh, I'm not on social media during the season. I don't hear any of that. I don't even know what you're talking about. Like when I asked Brown about Pat McAfee last year, his answer was I'm not even on Twitter, which wasn't even true at the time. But this team is very open that they hear it, they know about it, they've been fueled by it. And Neil Brown kind of said the same thing, but Brown also made a comment that nobody else did, that this week now starts off where we can prove that we are contenders. And this week will set the tone to tell the country if we are really contenders or not. Because... A lot of people thought they would struggle to even win three games all year. They already got three on the board, but they're three straight at home. They are you know, big in quality wins over a couple power fives, even though they're down this year. But beating TCU, the national runner-up, despite losing at Colorado week one, they've also won three in a row. That will kind of wake up a lot of people. And this team also believes they should have beat TCU last year, even though they were 5-7. and seven. They lost by 10. They had a chance at the end. They play TCU stronger than pretty much anybody else all year, including Michigan, with the exception of Kansas State, who beat him in the conference title game, and then, of course, Georgia for the Natty. Outside of that, WVU played them the best. So they are fueled, they are ready, but they know that... What's happened so far in the season does not matter if they collapse the rest of the way.
1: Right. And we'll, we'll get into TCU at some point. But I, I guess fair to say, based on what you're describing, because I keep hearing this word get thrown around among a number of different members of, of the uh, media, people who cover West Virginia University sports and, and particularly WVU football. The word I keep hearing is that confidence, the C word. that They are playing with confidence. Is that is that kind of coming through? in the pressers as well that they're they're you said they're feeling good does that does that equate to they're feeling confident
0: they're, they're definitely feeling confident I think they're mostly feeling confident defensively I mean the offense does believe they they have big plays that they left on the field they do believe they can be better there's still the question of Green versus Nico Marchio, but everyone knows I mean they've won two games in a row with, with less than 100 yards passing that hasn't been done in 20 plus years of the program and very very rare and before that hadn't been done in a very very long time but defensively they're uber confident uh, defensively they talked about how the hard work of the offseason paid off so far that they were really i told you in the off season, they were as physical as they even could be legally with it being within the NCA rules and now the players and the coaches believe that's paid off And they were more ready to start the year. They've been really physical. They're really confident. They believe they're one of the better defenses in the country. And they talked about as well, they want to lead the nation in takeaways. They basically beat Pitt because of turnovers with three on Filjurkovic. So they are really, really confident defensively. Lee Copa talked about leading the team with example and being so physical. It's hard to believe they can win the rest of the year This way, I mean, this is almost like, you know, those great NFL teams that won led by defense and kind of had so-so QB play, and they won titles. Like, that's what they're doing. It's hard to believe it'll keep up. But they believe they can keep it up, and they also believe they're going to be better on offense. So I think they kind of feel like they're playing with house money. They also keep bringing up. The only loss they got is to a Penn State team that's top 10 right now. They feel like it's a playoff team blowing people's doors off, And when you're seeing strength of schedule rankings, because it doesn't matter, but there are people out there that really get into strength of schedule. I saw a ranking out there from Kelly Ford on ranking teams based on how many other power five teams percentage wise would have the same record. So like Maryland's 4-0, but they believe 80% of the power five teams in the country plus would have the same record because they haven't played anybody good. West Virginia, they have them. I believe ranked 21st in the nation because their strength of schedule has been so hard and it, it isn't as hard as it was supposed to be at the beginning of the year, but it's still top 30, despite some teams being down. So yeah, they are definitely confident.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's funny. You mentioned uh, about the offense and it was actually what I talked about in the opening segment we that I did just before bringing you on and, and kind of teasing that and a, a mutual friend of ours and friend of the show, uh, uh, who you know well, Chris Haynes, uh, actually yeah. said to me a couple of weeks ago uh, after the the pit win, he goes, "I didn't realize that uh, we had become a, a military academy," and uh, that is kind of how that is kind of how West Virginia has been in a way playing it with with great defense and for the most part, uh, a, a, you know, a, a diverse and good running game. Though certainly there were sure. issues with that at times against uh, Texas Tech and even against Pitt as well. I think the team on the average three yards a carry against Pitt, though. Uh, uh, Donaldson yes. averaged five. So take that for what it's worth. But so I, th- I think it is, it, it, you know, you make kind of a, an interesting point there that, you know, and it's the same one that I think that I was kind of hinting at. Is this r- really sustainable? And, and is it fair to say that, I mean, WVU probably doesn't think they're probably not thinking, hey, we want to keep on, you know, gutting and gr-. like we're happy to take the W's. But we know we have to be yeah. better, right?
0: Well, they, they did make some comments, and you got to say this. They like winning gritty. They, they like winning ugly. They feel like that's the personality of this team, et cetera, et cetera. But you got to say that, because if they don't feel that way, then it's like, what are we doing? That's how they have to win. I do think this team has adapted to the situation they were dealt. I mean, you had – even Derek Green was an inexperienced starter. He hadn't started a full season. He hadn't started a week one before. He was getting better, but when he goes down, then you have a kid – who basically had played a little bit of mop-up duty the year before, all the hype in the world, but not really ready. It wasn't their plan, and they adapted and became the running team that everyone knew they could be with all these running backs and kind of just tried to do enough and play smarter. The weirdest thing to me, Alex, is normally when a team wins ugly with minimal passing play from the QB, and he did have 72 yards on the ground, but minimal through the air, you got to be smart, mistake-free. Usually those teams, like when Trent Dilfer was leading the 2000 Ravens, he didn't turn it over at all, even though they didn't score any points. Nico fumbled it against Pitt, boneheaded play, two picks against Texas Tech. This is off script. Like three turnovers in two games against power five teams when you don't throw the ball hardly at all. That does not lead anyone to success, but they are winning. Maybe it's because the opponents, we're going to figure it all out, I do think, though, they're going to need to throw the ball a little bit more. But off of what you're saying, to be fair, and Brown brought this up, the rest of the team offensively, with some stars there, they're not helping the kid. So Nico's inexperienced. You can't expect him to be a Heisen winner, all of that. He's not been good enough. Devin Carter brought in to be number one, hasn't played like it. His grandma did pass away, but he hasn't played well. DJ played great against Pitt, but not against Texas Tech had a real bad day. That was kind of a theme. They all brought it up. He can't have bad days and he had a bad one. And the rest of the running backs have been okay, but they haven't set the world on fire like some were predicting. Receiver overall. They dropped passes, they weren't running correct routes. Nico overthrew him on some. Of course the Hudson Clement one. It would have been a big play to end it. He was way late on the throw. Didn't get to him in time. But overall, it's the offense overall has not been good enough. It's not just the QB, and I don't believe that can continue to win against teams that are
1: going to throw points. Right. And, and I will tell you, by the way, I rewatched the game, and I actually, he played better than I thought. When I rewatched, I got... That's okay. what
0: Brown says. Yeah. Brown believes that, too.
1: Yeah, I thought he actually played better than, than first viewing. I, I, I was not super impressed. And second viewing, uh, you, you'd love to get that Hudson-Clement throw back, but I also, yeah. like, some of that stuff is just, like, the conditions in, in at the field that day were... I mean, they... they it's, it, it's funny. I was out... Uh, at one of the tailgates helping my students with something uh, for a show that they were doing, a WVU football show that they were doing. And we were getting poured on from like 1 to one thirty, two o'clock in that range there. And if it was anything like what it was before kickoff, during that hour or two before kickoff, I, I, I mean, I just can't imagine trying to throw a football in that weather.
0: Well, when, when, ha- when has the weather been good? There was a two-hour rain delay with lightning that basically delayed it against Duquesne. Weather wasn't fantastic against Pitt, right? And in Texas Tech, obviously bad weather too. So it's been bad weather offense. All yeah, way through.
1: no, th- those are those are all fair points. And uh, so it is interesting. What I will say this: uh, this was kind of my my the, my other big take here, and I'm curious to get your thought on this. That I think Neil Brown has done honest honestly has done an exceptional job. And and my argument, my number one argument for this, more than anything else, is that if you look at how hard it is to get guys to buy into winning ugly and the scenarios that have occurred, like I don't think the Mountaineers would win ugly by choice, but what happens? Oh, you lose your starting quarterback, six snaps in against your arch rival. And Oh, the weather is absolutely horrendous. And you're starting uh, a backup quarterback uh, for the first time in his career. Like, you know, it, it seems like they, they have kind of not had a choice to win ugly and they've risen to that occasion and, and been patient and conservative when necessary, because you, you, you can't go uh, and, and do really, really crazy stuff in when the game script is like that, and to the Mountaineers' credit, I, it kind of seems like they have they have uh, paid attention and followed Brown's direction, and, and if that is indeed I mean, I'm, I'm speculating a little here, but I assume that that is kind of coming from the top, that level of patience in two games like this in back-to-back weeks.
0: Well, I will say to be fair, that is right on the money. I do believe Neil Brown has coached his, you know, what off. I do believe that while his tenure has not nearly been good enough and he deserved to be on the hot seat this year, and if they end up with a losing season, he does deserve to be fired. That right now he's absolutely on a path to come back. If they get in a bowl game or more, he will be back. It could be more right now. And this team has adapted to his personality. He started off the year I told you this with kind of a I don't give a you-know-what where he was talking about, hey, the schedule's trash. The guy who made the schedule before was dumb. He, these are quotes. Like, we're playing all these teams. Everyone predicts us to be last. I guarantee we won't. This team is full of doubters. They're all up his personality. His back's against the wall. Beanie Bishop, last year in college balls, thought he was going to be an NFL player, got to a power five last year. They didn't use him right. He said, if I don't play well here, my whole, my whole football life is pointless. Like, that attitude is on this team this year. Aubrey Burks, playing with a hair on fire, wants to get to the league, thought he was a ba- had a bad year last year. These guys are playing with that intensity that's off of Brown's personality a little bit now, that's changed from last year, where they're almost coming at it thinking, we have one year to prove ourselves. If we don't, everything we've done for the past 30 years of our lives, or for the players' case, past 15, has been for naught. I mean it, it's strong to say it's an exaggeration, but that's the mentality of this team and they have adapted and done it right. But I I've almost been tempted to write a commentary to this vein, But like Brown said, I think I'm gonna wait until after I see TCU. I'm not saying they have to beat TCU. They're the national runner up from a year ago, they're not what they were, but they're still very good. But they gotta have a strong showing. They can't lose by twenty. You gotta see this intensity again, you gotta see improvements there they got to play well like they did last year against the Horned Frogs. And if they do that, then I do think Brown is going to start getting some national praise, certainly from people who basically said he was dead man walking. Yeah. (laughs) And if this team ends up winning eight-plus games with this schedule and is like top three in the Big 12 this year for whatever reason, he should get coach of the year votes, and that sounds insane what people were saying about him before the year
1: I do think eight right now I do I like when you asked me for my prediction for I know you did that piece where you you kind of uh, went around to different members of of West Virginia sports now and different members of the media and I I said six and six and I was I want you to know how close I was to going seven and five like I I had it written down and changed it mid email uh, to, to you but so so that aside I like I do think eight is really possible right now but to your point you were just talking about beanie Bishop, who, by the way, had a, I mean, from just an eye test, I haven't looked at any of the advanced stats, eye test, thought he was phenomenal against Texas Tech. But I am curious if at all it has come up, whether in the pressers or in postgame or anything like that, has it come up that this defense was literally described with the talent level of a Mac school, like is that is 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 that fueling them? Like I know you said they try to drown out outside noise, but I wonder has that come up at all? Because this defense, listen, I know you've you've said it, and I think you're right on the money about yes, these this Texas Tech offense, this Pitt offense, eh, they're they're not great, but WVU hasn't just like gotten by them. They have dominated these two not-great offenses. So I'm kind of curious, like, is it time to start kind of uh, uh, at least thinking about waving it in the face of Athlon Sports? I I mean, really? I know know that you
0: (laughs) you loved that phrasing before the season and you were banging that drum. They're motivated by outside noise, for sure. They've said that. I don't recall a time where somebody has literally said hey, you were called a MAC team, what are your thoughts? Some of you were stepping off from FCS, Tyron Bradley going from FCS to the big league. A lot of you, though, were all power five players on this team last year. They say you're a MAC team. That has not literally been brought up, to my knowledge. However, I'm sure they heard it. I'm sure <laughs> it motivated them. Maybe that's a football of ours for not getting that out there literally, but – this team has played way better than anybody would have thought nationally. But if you go back to WB Sports now, I did think this defense could be better than a year ago. I did think they were deeper. So, at sports that Mac team, Mike gosh, thought they actually could be okay. So, it's not like it's completely coming out of shock. I was more surprised on how bad they were against Duquesne early in the game, secondary-wise. But I also think this is kind of like a revenge tour, Alex. Neil Brown said, after the pit game, they celebrated for an hour. And then he sat them down and showed them Texas Tech last year and said, this is embarrassing. This is one of the worst losses I've had in my whole career. If I show this tape to anybody who's scouting you, they're going to be embarrassed for you. And that was a horrendous effort, horrendous last year. So this team doesn't want that stuff on film anymore. And they're showing this. But this is mostly the same team. Beanie Bishop is the one piece that was not there last year that I do think is a big deal this year as a presence through the numbers. Has picks, could have more, etc. He's a great personality and a leader. Everybody else we're talking about, including Aubrey Burks, who's his partner in crime, he was there last year. They were there last year. They were on the five and seven horrendous defensive effort. But to everyone's credit, prior to last year' win, lose, or draw, the defense has been good, usually as good as WU, and now they're playing like it. So I don't know if it's sustainable. But without the defense playing like this, they would probably be one in three instead of
1: three and one. Yeah. Oh for sure. Well it also it sounds like, you know hearing things through the grapevine and and even listening to some of the ESPN broadcast and listening to some of the other members of the media, it sounds like, you know, there have been a couple of, of things. One has been the uh, that that Brown and Leslie kind of simplified certain concepts defensively. And then uh between that and the renewed right. emphasis on tackling, which I actually think if you go back and watch the first half of the WVU Texas Tech game, like it's it's on display right there. Texas Tech, was doing a horrendous job of bringing anybody down and wvu for the most part it was lots of really good gang tackling and even the open field solo tackling was really really good and limiting uh some instances of sort of that extra yard after the catcher yard after contact so i wonder you know those things like it, that that comes back to coaching i mean i, I you yeah know,
0: that that's in the simplest form alex that's why this defense has been better you want to get takeaways. If you don't get takeaways, you're going to struggle, obviously, and they have got some. They didn't get them last year. People can point to that because it's a sexy thing. And it's stats. You don't even have to watch the game to know how many takeaways a team has. But what you're saying is watching the game and knowing. And last year, they wouldn't have won these games no matter who they were playing because they missed so many tackles and they did not play fundamentally sound. They went back to basics. Leslie said he treated them as if they were like 14 years old at Pee Wee football because they need to get back to the basics and they were so bad at it last year. But all of that has paid off, and they are not missing tackles. And if they miss one, there's three or four other guys to get them down after that. And they don't allow yards and plays to extend off missed tackles. So if that keeps up. This team should it certainly at least be a bowl team if not more. Like that right there could have swung two or three games last year with how bad they were
1: tackling. All right. Here's the here's the big question for you. This is where we'll leave it. If West Virginia beats TCU this week on the road, is West Virginia ranked next week?
0: I mean, that is the funny thing that no one's talking about, but has to get brought up soon. And I mentioned analytic polls; they don't matter. We're talking about the AP and future college football playoff. You know, if I had to bet, I would say still no. But I would I do think they're going to get some votes. I do think they would probably be just outside. And I do think it would be a big test to how much strength of schedule matters, Alex. And I do believe the college football playoff, they've proven over the years, they really, really care about it. Again, bringing up a, a similar school that's going the opposite way strength of schedule-wise that our good friend covers, they're going to be 5-0. and Maryland's going to beat Indiana. They're going to kill them. They're going to be 5-0. and WVU, if they do what you're saying, would be 4-1 and with... Four Power 5 wins, two conference wins, and the win against a national runner-up from a year ago and their arch rival, that's a better resume to me than 5-0 and o against crap. So you got Maryland on 25th right now and Brett McMurphy. Does he switch them and put WU there? Or how does he legitimize putting Maryland there and not West Virginia when their only loss is to Penn State a potential playoff team? It'll be very, very interesting. But honestly, none of that really matters because if they keep on clipping wins, they're going to be right there regardless of where they're ranked. But, yeah, that'll be very, very interesting. I mean, is a little down from last year, but that's still, that would be a major win for West Virginia and to do it on the road. And I do think having all these prime time games is getting eyeballs on them. So they'll do it again. Prime time under the lights at night, people watching. If they do that and look good, you just don't know. It'll also be interesting, though, because I believe Nico's probably starting again unless Garrett gets really, really healthy, and then how do you switch QBs at that point if if Nico gets you ranked, even though he hasn't played well? Like, they got a weird quarterback controversy here, even though they, it seems like they want Garrett to be the guy, they just want him healthy, but, the longer we go here, and the more wins stack up, I don't
1: know. That was so, that's an interesting, and I were running low on time here, but real quick on on the whole Green Hill thing. I've heard some folks say, "Well, if if Green was if Green was healthy enough to be the emergency quarterback this week, he's probably on track to play." Sure. Do we do we do we buy that right now?
0: I don't buy that yet, and if I had to bet, I still think it's Nico this week. The reason why Green was emergency QB, to be honest, is they have no other options. Unless they put Ronnie Gallagher there because he played it in high school. Sean Boyle is not ready. Neil Brown has said that. There's nobody else. So if Markiel went down, Green could go in. And Brown said the reason why he was the emergency is because he could do enough to protect himself. But it'd probably be a lot of handoffs. So I don't think they want to risk Green unless he's healthy and could be an athlete. But what I do believe is happening is because they're winning, they don't have to rush Green back. We'll never know this answer, but if they were 2-2 or even 1-3 and and his career was on the line, would they play Green at 75%? Probably. But they're 3-1. So unless Green's 100%, they don't have to.
1: All right, here's your bonus bonus NFL question, real quick. Funniest thing, funniest, funniest thing to happen this week: uh, Miami dropping seventy Taylor Swift at the uh, Kansas City Chicago game, or uh, Geno Smith continuing to prove the world wrong, just darts all week uh, in the win over Carolina. Oh, the
0: funniest thing is Sean Payton after saying how the his predecessors did a horrendous job, basically trashing them, and then goes out there and has one of the worst losses in NFL history. Funniest thing, for sure, is what Miami did in reminiscent, of course, of Gino again that you bring up, who did it in Miami winning the Orange Bowl with 70 on the board. So that's the funniest. But Geno, it's Carmen plays, Alex, every week. Every week i got to post up. Every week he's doing this. This is what Gino does. I mean, every week he got ice in the veins. It's incredible, his career resurgence and, and what he's doing. And he plays like this. Seattle could win the division and, and then and then
1: more. I mean that that's how Gino's playing. Yeah, uh, I, it's it's been great for me because I'm I'm glad that the Jets are back to the one o'clock games because usually that means I can watch Seattle uh, in the four o'clock slot. So that You're is
0: still watching Jets football. That's, uh, that's
1: yeah, cool. it's it's really a problem. I, I really ha- Mike, I really have a. I might even need you got an, out of
0: the addiction for years. I need an
1: intervention. Start. I need <laughs> an intervention seriously for the Jets. I might need an intervention. You might need to. You, you and George need oh, to run that. I'll sit you down. Uh, <laughs> what what do you have coming up this week? week
0: so again obviously wv sports now all the coverage actually josh eilert speaking today so ethan box going to be there to get that a lot will be there for the basketball season revving up and we're still waiting for for battle West is still waiting for a player that could be there but still a solid roster despite all the drama and of course Mike drop you can find it apple podcast google play tune in etc it'll all be there and I got some, some major players in college sports media that are going to be on uh, the next few shows. And maybe I'll ask, hey, you're going to rank the Mountaineers if they get a win. If they don't, though, they're probably back to where they were. But I think many fans would take three and two. <laughs> what's been going on the backup QB and what they thought entering the year as well
1: yeah listen I would like them to beat TCU but if they if they lose to TCU and beat Houston I'm completely because I don't think there's a single Mountaineer fan on planet Earth or if there are right. any of us who happen to be in outer space I don't, I don't I don't think any WVU fans are prepared for losing to Houston especially with the way they've played yeah. And you get the bye
0: before that. So that, I think, we'll really know about Green. Like, Green should play in that game if they really do want him to be the guy. But I, I did say before the year, you mentioned that preseason post. I mentioned this team could have a strong start, maybe even beat TCU and Pitt. But I have a weird feeling about that Houston game. The more Dana struggles and his job is on the line, he can throw it 45, 50, 60 times in that game, and that'll really test the out secondary. But maybe they get some picks. But that'll be very, very big. You got to kind of hope that Dana gets to Morgan down for the homecoming next year. They keep losing, he might not even believe
1: Ooh, there. ooh, I lo- that is a I like that. That's a good I don't know what Houston's got next on the schedule before uh before the the WV Houston game, but uh we'll keep that in mind. Mike, yeah. I appreciate it. We finally got to hit a break here, but uh, good talk and uh we'll chat with you in a week. Absolutely, man. Have a good day. You see. All right, guys, let's hit this break. This is the Morning Spiel presented by Royal Water Treatment on 1033 WKMZ. We'll be right back.